everyone, Michael Antonovich with Swap Moto Live here for another installment of the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimura R&D. Over the last 10 years, we've watched a change in how families have fun on two wheels, thanks partly to Stasic. Thousands of kids have learned the basics aboard the small battery-powered bikes, while parents have gotten the chance to share their love of riding easier and safer than ever before. These are things Ryan Raglan hoped to accomplish when he first wired an assortment of RC car parts to a bicycle frame for his son. The popularity of the electric balance bikes, plus support from parent company Harley-Davidson, has allowed Stasic to develop two new models. The bikes will be meant for bigger kids, complete with 18 or 20 inch wheels, plus a more robust motor and battery pack to power them, and will land at retailers in the next few weeks. We spent more than an hour with Raglan talking about the company's base, its growth, and what comes next just ahead of the launch. What was the most compelling detail about the project? That Raglan got to work with his original test rider on the new bikes. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Podcast. We're always trying to get better, so feel free to share comments or recommendations on what you'd like to hear or see. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media, then visit SwapMotoLive.com. You already know that Yoshimura makes the best exhaust options for Honda motocross and off-road bikes, but did you know they make great power for KTM, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Husqvarna, and Gas Gas? Yoshimura has been delivering power since 1954 and can make your bike run and sound the best it can. Visit them at yoshimura-rd.com to see how they can make your bike bark. Big things are in the work for Stasic right now, but to know where you guys are going, it's very important to know where we started from. So, like I said, thanks for jumping on with me. we got a lot of time to talk about today, a lot to talk about. So, you know, everybody knows about these little bikes. For people that don't know, though, how did you come up with this idea to throw what was essentially a power drill battery onto a little bicycle? Yeah, so... um you know, I guess I'd start with motorcycles kind of been in my genes for a while. Right. So I grew up in Montana in the, literally the middle of nowhere. Um, <clears throat> unless you're from the Midwest or Montana or someplace like that, you don't really understand what the middle of nowhere actually means, but mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't anything around and, um, ended up trying, you know, taking a swing at, you know, trying to do this for a living and came down my senior year of high school and I actually lived with Marty Smith for, a year or two and um plan a didn't work out and ended up uh getting an opportunity to work at uh ktm um well i'd already started going to school for my engineering degree and then uh regis harrington gave me a call was like hey do you want to be my mechanic and i quit school went to work for ktm fast forward a year or two um i got the opportunity to work continue working at ktm they you know, helped me get through, finish my engineering degree, worked there for the next, yeah, till 2011 um, in the R&D um, space for the U.S., uh, working directly with Austria. Um, funny story, John Eric was, well, part of the story, John Eric Burleson was the president at the time. Um, I left, went to do medical devices and, you know, not, I guess, being a passion industry of mine, you know, it was, it was very cool and interesting. And I guess you could say a grander place of helping people, you know, type scenario. Like that was what I was using to keep myself excited about it. Yeah. Um, Cause you're not doing moto now. Yeah. And it, it, it's a big change. It's like, it's like stopping, you know, like when racers decide that they're going to retire, 
it's like, well, what do you do next? Right. Yeah. And there's just this like, and you probably you fill the void and right? you probably didn't take the two years to like find yourself because you're a real person that has a real job. That's like, Oh no, I have bills paid next month. Like the house is going to keep yeah. happening. Yeah. 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 I already had two kids and right. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it was real, right? Like, um, actually Robbie, I think was just born when I left. Um, so Robbie's Robbie was kind of the catalyst for, you know, Stacy. So I'm doing medical devices and have some time and, there happened to be a, uh, a hobby store across the street. So next thing I know, there's, you know, eight 40 year old men making decent money and we all have RC cars jumping them around the parking lot at lunch. And, you know, it's like, wow, that's a lot of power. I was also battling, you know, at home, uh, Robbie was super into motorcycling um, as just, I mean, he was only like two at the time, but like he wanted to, you could tell, like he was my little buddy, right? Like mm-hmm. me and him were, you know, he was yelling at the TV during, uh, motocross and supercross, you know, right there with me every, every time. And Brandy, my wife, um, yeah, she was, she was the one who was taking care of our group in El Cajon, who was always broken, right? There was, you know, five or six of us who was always broken. So, her perception of motocross is, you know, not the elite level, but the guys who are really trying and, you know, riding probably above their heads more than they should. And we're always broken. Right. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. So her perception of motocross was just like, I don't want that for my kid. Right. She never got to go through, um, the aspects of motocross, which was what most people have, which is the enjoyment of it. Right. Like, I mean, this point in time, like I, you know, I've been, I've tried to qualify for supercrosses at Anaheim and I honestly don't remember much about those, but I do specifically remember going on trips with my dad, my dad driving me around Montana to go racing. Right. Mm -hmm. And all those, there's all those things that before you got really good were the things I remember. Right. Then it became, you know, when you got to the higher level, it just became different. A struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes different. So before you get too far into one thing, so sorry to cut you off, but I like what made you, you have the job at KTM. KTM's blowing up, you know, around this time. This is when the factory edition's coming on. This is Dungey to Coster. I mean, it is just booming. What made you. Yeah, right at that time. I left right before Roger got in. So what What made me. Yeah. What makes you decide, like, hey, I need to go make a change because. You know, well, this is something that a lot of people don't think. Like, like you said, when you are in a passion job, like how this, even this brand is, you devote so much time to it that you kind of get lost in the other stuff. So what was like the, Hey man, I'm, I'm good. Like I've seen well, this side of it. I'm ready to go for something else. Well, it's the, it's the California dream, mm-hmm. right? Like my wife and I decided that we were gonna, you know, she was going to stay home and raise the kids. And in California, that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Right. So this is a separate, a little bit separate you know, kind yeah. of day. But, but it's, yeah, money, right? And I was, I felt I was smart enough and skilled enough and I was presented an opportunity to leave the industry and make significantly more money, mm-hmm. right? And that's, you know, and it wasn't what I love to do, um, you know, and I remind me to finish this story, but me and John Eric were butting heads a little bit. And part of that, I you know, I look back on is I was in a point in my career where, 
I needed to be more professional and more corporate because the company went from, you know, six of us in El Cajon to, you know, I think at that time there was already 50 people in, in Temecula Mm -hmm. and the crash came. Right. And they needed someone to do more, to be more corporate. Right. They wanted me to lead and be a leader. And, you know, quite honestly, I wasn't ready to do that. I liked being in the field testing and working on motorcycles. And I didn't really want to have to answer people and do paperwork. Okay. I'm plain and simple. Okay. That, <laughs> so no, that, makes Eric, perfect having, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. We were, we were, at, we were at odds at that point. Um, uh, Phil and Eric, my original uh, partners in the company brought me on to do medical devices and, you know, it was super liberating. Right. Cause like we were talking about earlier, it's, not a it wasn't a passion thing i I mean i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot it just wasn't you know it's like talking to people who haven't ridden motorcycles and don't have the the thing in them Mm -hmm. right you can't explain it to them but it just wasn't it just wasn't the same right it didn't consume me right i got done with work and i was thinking about well maybe we should go ride motorcycles yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah um where when you're in the middle of it You're like, I just worked on motorcycles for three weeks straight and I want to go do something else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no desire, like, and even the time to ride. Like everybody right now yeah, is like, dude, aren't you riding not- so much? It's like, no, dude, I, I haven't touched my motorcycle since last year. And the last time I rode was February. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so that's, I mean, that's, that's the main reason, right? Okay. I was, I wasn't mature enough in my, in, in my career at that point to understand what was really being asked of me and to be honest, what I needed to do to go make more money. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and support my family and all those things. And, you know, I left to go be in a smaller environment, which I'm better at, you know, um, quite honestly, anyway. And, you know, then it presented this opportunity to, you know, well, how do I, how do I introduce my son into riding motorcycles? You know, the other piece was, uh, Deegan was posting a lot of what he was doing with Hayden at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching it going, yeah, if I had the resources, that's it. You know, that is a really good way how to do it. Cause you could see him progressing Hayden through the small, um, you know, he, everything was appropriate for his skill level, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was never doing anything that seemed crazy, but you could see the progression over a two or three year period of what he was doing. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's how you do it. I wasn't in a position where I'd ever be able to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Just from a cost and money wise. Right. I had to work and mom wasn't going to take him (laughs) for sure. Right. I was just trying to get mom to let us go at that point. Um, And I just came up with this thing of, you know, I originally, I originally was going after the OSET and I went and picked one up because I thought that was going to be, quiet he could do it in the cul-de-sac right like just thought that that would work and i picked it up and i didn't realize it was still 80 some pounds yeah right and then i instantly was like i was intimidated by it because then that meant he had to i felt he needed to wear boots he needed to wear full gear because if he tips over right like it just i didn't realize it but that was i was looking for a weight program you know like Mm -hmm. how do i get something super light then we had the RC car thing come into play. We threw one together and I took it, I took it home. And I mean, yeah, for him, that was his first motorcycle. And 
then I was like, okay. And, um, had a conversation with Phil and Eric, um, to kind of develop like what, what would a better, you know, a more realistic one look like. And then we would start costing it and see if we could make a business out of it. Cause that's, that's kind of what we were doing at the, the um, medical device engineering rev one, um, as well was, you know, doctors were coming to us with these nap, you know, ideas on napkins. And then we had to make the, we had to make the something work and then they would build a, uh, a business case out of it. And then, you know, do the whole medical device thing from there, but that's kind of what we were doing. So I just, you know, we just followed the same kind of steps with this. Um, so I built another one. Didn't look like a, didn't look like the motorcycle anymore. Um, looked more like a bike and you know, I call it parent police central. You know, I always felt that our parenting was a little more old school than, than what was appropriate in California at the time or what was socially acceptable, you know, Mm -hmm. um, our kids were out in the cul-de-sac riding bikes. And then I introduced this motorized thing in the cul-de-sac and I was fully expecting people to like, come and tell me that I was, you know, endangering my kid and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And there was, I was, you know, setting up ramps for Robbie and this lady comes walking and pretty soon she's walking across the street directly. And I'm like, yeah, she's walking to me. Like, okay, here we go. And she comes up to me and I I don't remember if she pointed at me or put her finger in my chest, but that's what it felt like. (laughs) And she's just like, what is that? Cause I got three grandkids and I need those. Oh, okay. So that happened like two or three times, not nearly as aggressive as that one. But that was kind of the the kicker to me of like, oh, well, maybe there's something here with, from a business point because this lady had nothing to do with motorcycles, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't see she didn't even equate it to a motor motorcycle. She just looked, she just saw the kids having fun on it, and she just wanted that, right? Um, and so that was kind of the evolution. I, you know, one thing I am missing in there is I brought the first one home. It had, you know, it was basically a drill, RC car batteries, duct tape to the back fender, um, wires hanging everywhere. And <clears throat> this is probably a week or two later. And I'm like, hey, can you charge? Brandy and I are standing in the garage. And I'm like, hey, can you charge these batteries for Robbie so he can ride like when I'm not here? And she just looked at me and she's like, no, like, no, I'm not messing with all those wires, like, you know, RC cars and yeah. the batteries it, and the charge. Like, it's especially thing. at that time too. Cause this was when like everybody was oh, still yeah. doing the lipo stuff and it was like sketchy, you know, it well, was yeah. still very, yeah. so like, I think, I think we just made it through the Christmas where all the hoverboards were starting yeah. to fire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, you know, okay. And then, but there was, I had, my drills, my electric, my power tools sitting like right on the bench. And I'm like, well, literally like, would you charge those? And she's like, well, yeah. And so that was, that's how I got from RC car batteries to power tool batteries was because she'd been from, she was already familiar with the power tool battery and mm-hmm. you just push it on and off. Right. It's pretty, pretty simple. And that was the next iteration of the, the Stasic that then the lady comes across the street and was like, you know, what is that? And, you know, it was a lot cleaner. It still wasn't like what we have now, but <clears throat> it was, 
it was a step in that direction, mm-hmm. right? So what was like runtime on those first ones like? Like it, because it was so many batteries and everything was so new. I mean, hell, it was ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's that's a little bit of the frustrating part, and I think that's the frustrating part with EV in general, right? Is ten years ago, I still had an eighteen six fifty battery cell in a Dewalt battery. Mm-hmm. So what what have we actually done in ten years? Well, okay, now we're moving to this twenty one seven hundred cell that's a little bit better, but it's not like yeah, in, yeah. In the EV space in general, the battery is that's your issue. Well, even like um. I remember when, like, on the power drill thing, when the when the lipo battery stuff caught on, because like my uncle was huge and is huge in RC cars, loves them. But I remember when the lipo stuff came on and the cycles, and you had to be super careful about everything. And then when they finally got into power drills, like you could see the power drills just like were gnarlier than they'd ever been. But it was like, oh, okay, yeah. like they're better now. But then it got stagnant again. So for you guys, yeah, I could see where this thing is just progressively like, well, when's the next like aha moment coming? Like, what's the next one that's out there? Yeah, and I and I think those are the those are the big conversations I think in the on the world stage of, mm-hmm. of what's happening, you know. And <clears throat> I guess you know there's there's where we can go, which I think you know I get a lot of questions now about like what I see, but I still am very centered around the fact that you know when we were working through, we had to get together and order a container of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have to figure out how to fork out money for a container of stuff, you really start to put your business plan together, right? And when you're asking people at this, at that time, you know, it was like, I'm asking people to spend 200 or $600 for a two-year-old. Yeah. And there's nothing else like it, right? All these great things, but I know the value that I had with my kids and my family, but I'm the only one who'd experienced that. Right. And so literally, you know, we, we got to a point, um, you know, there, there's like 10 or, you know, probably six or seven people at that point that get us to this point where we can build a container full of bikes. And, you know, I get all the support from the industry, but it, it was, the question was, okay, well, it's going to be 600 bucks for a 12 inch. Is anyone going to buy one? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I have no data, right. I have, you know, I have multiple stories of friends in the industry who are, you know, big cyclists and they're like, nah, dude, like I want my kid to pedal. Like, I mean, I, I went through the whole thing of like, you know, a lot of people telling me no. And the next thing I know, we're selling on December six. You know, our we we try and pre-sell coming into into Christmas. The containers delayed, which now I know never happens at Christmas. Like it always is delayed at Christmas. <laughs> so just order them for January. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we get the con- we get the container at the shop on December twenty third. We ship out, I think, half of them that day. Brandy and I are driving around San Diego County, hand delivering bikes because, right. I'm coming from, I still don't make, I'm a single income in California. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're digging ourselves out of debt. Right. And I understand I got 
I think I have four kids at this point. Yeah, I think Thomas is born. Yeah, Thomas is already born. So I got four kids. And I'm like, people took 600 bucks to buy something for Christmas. So me and Brandy drove around San Diego delivering bikes. Dude, that's right? awesome. That's amazing. Because, because I mean, that, like, I mean, 600 bucks for us was like a Huge. massive swing in, in Christmas. It's yeah. like, you know, it just, it was tough. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then, it, I mean, we should have been super excited. Right. Except I don't have any of these in the field and I'm just like watching from Christmas day to like new year's that week was hell because I'm just watching social media. Like, is everything okay? Yeah. Like, are they out there? Are they, is what's going on? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we took like two apart and like quickly went through them and like, Oh, it looks like it's working. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Uh, so it, it was funny because you expect, you know, like, oh, we'll get them. It'll be great. But and it's just the start of the problems. Yeah. It was just the start. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, no, dude, we were stressed out. It was a good time. Okay. So what was the, um, what was his initial like reaction when you gave him one? Because I mean, I'm sure for you, this is this cool thing of like, I've been tinkering and I've been doing this and I have this idea, but, um, until you see his reaction of like, whoa, dad, this thing is unbelievable. What was that like? Well, so the, the, the biggest aha moment for him was all the way back to the very first one. Okay. Right. And that was when it was like, you know, you just, I saw his eyes and face light up like, holy cow, I have a motorcycle, right? Mm -hmm. Like I gave him his first motorcycle. It had wires hanging out of it all over the place, but he didn't care, right? Because he had one. And so, you know, that's the, there are times where I, I, I wish he get got to enjoy it more, but he's been my test guy, right? Like none of, none of Stasic could really have happened if Robbie and then a little bit later Thomas were in the mix, because I have, you know, I, I, I look at the stuff, the copycat stuff coming out and like, cool, whatever. It doesn't work like ours. I mean, I, I take all the stuff I was doing at KTM and R and D working on throttle response on two strokes and four strokes and suspension and chassis and handling. And I apply it to what we do with Robbie and Thomas. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've always told people because we get into conversations about testing motorcycles and I'm like, people go, ah, he can't test. I'm like, ah, that's kind of BS in my opinion, because everyone knows what they feel. Mm -hmm. Now there's a situation where you can't communicate it or you just haven't been made aware of this, but pretty much everyone is a really good tester. Yeah. It's just a matter of communicating with them to understand what they're saying. Cause I've heard 20 different writers say it's really harsh and it means 20 different things to each guy, right? Mm -hmm. It's never the same. So you have to really understand that. And so I just applied that to my little boys. And I mean, they're the best test writers in the EV world period. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so they never, so now I feel bad because they're the test guys. So they get to see all the crap. They get yeah. to see all the frustration. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I bring something new home and you know, he's like, well, how much work is this going to be? Yeah. Right. Like they just, they just see work. <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah, that's a trip because like to know that, you know, there's other people that like, oh man, if I have this idea, like I might use it on my nephew or I might find like a couple kids in the neighborhood, but you knew exactly 
round the clock. If I have something or something I want to try, I can just wake them up and go try it. Yeah. And, and, and now they're, they're into it. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, when we get in, when we talk about the bigger ones, it's like, yeah, we've, we've had some situations, you know, and it's a lot more serious now. Um, they're not falling over at six or seven miles an hour. It's like a, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we've had, we've also had, you know, six or seven years building up to it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how you're going to have a kid. Yeah. And I don't know if you're, are you having a girl? Boy? Oh boy. Boy. See, so you're lucky. Mine was the first, mine was a girl. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to deal with oh, yeah. kids? when She's a teenager. Right. I'm yeah. like, well, the good news is, is you have 13 years before to she's figure a teenager it out. <laughs> to figure it out. So we had, you know, um, we've already had six or seven years to figure out this testing thing. And it's, yeah. you know, just like everything else. So. Okay. So um, with you, like when you're designing this thing, what is the first moment you see where you're like, whoa, I've got this figured out. Like, this is pretty good. You know, from the first one to the second one to when they're a finished product, like where did you really figure out the the legs that this thing had? as far as like performance? Um, so we have, we have some really good um, partners in, in Taiwan that we were connected with. Um, and they've been, you know, we had, you know, really expensive RC car motor stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, you know, way too much. Yeah. Um, so I knew, I knew we could get there. It was just, you know, kind of back to, I don't think I finished it, but I needed to get to the $600. How do I even get to a $600 bike? Mm -hmm. And I was doing engineering at the medical device company and there was no restrictions on costs because it's medical. We just need, I mean, we were going to put them in humans, right? Yeah. We're going to, so like, you don't worry about the cost right away, Mm -hmm. right? Like figure out if you can do it. Well, I knew that if I touched something, I would never have the volume to actually get the price reasonable. So that was why I leveraged the power tools and the bicycle space and married those kind of commodity items and actually tried to do the least amount of engineering possible to get something that we could afford. Right. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Right. It's not, I mean, it's not rocket science. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's so much work and development, um, into all the little things to make it function right so pretty early on like from the first one i knew that we could we had a battery pack that was enough to power a kid at a 30 40 pound kid to go for a while and to get the enjoyment out of it right that was literally when i knew that there was enough energy there to go around okay um now the funny part was, is, you know, initially everyone first question is, well, how long does the battery go? I'm like, well, I don't know. It depends on what you're doing. I'm like, if you ride it where a bicycle is, it'll go like a half hour to an hour. Like, I don't know. Depends on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you ride it in the sand, it's not that long. I go, but I don't see people riding their little 10 speed in the sand or in the grass because why? Cause it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, you know, and they're like, oh, okay. And then the other part was, is as adults, we look at, we look at products and we equate them to what we know. Right. So people were like, well, 
how far does it go? I'm like, really, does it matter? Your kid's two. How far are you going to let him go? Right? Like, yeah. no, and totally. so then it becomes, right? Dude, your kid isn't going to go out of your sight. Some of the questions that people will come up with on that early stuff, you're just like, whoa, 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 don't, don't doubt me, doubt you. What the hell are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah but it, and it's not, it's not. Yeah, it, it, it's I mean, general people just stuff. asking the question, yeah. right? But it's stuff and, where you're just like, yeah, hey, but also, are you just gonna cut him loose? Like, is he gonna play in the street? Like, you yeah. gotta have him on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta walk him through it, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, it took us a while to get all those points, and I'm just like, well, yeah, but no one just lets their like it's kind of like shoes right mm-hmm. like i'm gonna buy because yeah so we got into the all the regular regulatory stuff and i'm like well how do kids wear shoes in the street yeah True. legitimate question right totally well i'm like well you you didn't put a disclaimer on the shoes to not walk in the street this is true this is true. Dude, the, the the things that you have had to uh like unpackage and then like work through in the last ten years, I wow. I could not even like legality stuff, technical stuff, all these things. Like it is just a never like you just keep pulling the thread and you just keep finding yeah, something else that's there. Every day you just you just like, do I want to turn that page down? Maybe uh, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So then yeah, sorry, like, just, no, dude, I'm, this is, I'm bad at this. Right, this is sorry. awesome. This, this is so much fun. I'm having a blast. So um, going back to that Christmas where you and, and your wife are driving around and delivering these things, how long is the time period between that initial delivery to, hey, this is a pretty good response. People are people are getting it. The, the reliability is there. There's some desire that are there. I'm having these conversations with other parents of like, wow, I get to do this with my kid. Yeah, so I mean – the the response again we were sitting there monitoring social media like you know what like mm. oh my gosh like there's gonna be a fire like when is the fire come you know not a fire fire i'm just saying like when is the you know when's it gonna when happen the, yeah when's it gonna happen you know and we didn't get it new year's came we went back to work we had the second so we only got like three quarters of our initial order came for christmas and then we got like another half container in uh, first part of January. And then we basically sold that. So we were, we were sold out and we're sitting there going, okay, it sells now what? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't getting like all the responses at the time. I didn't equate it. You know, we saw everyone having a really good experience with it. And I didn't understand that at the end of the day, that's what, for me, that's what Stacy has become it's become a tool to give families experiences mm-hmm. and, and opportunities. That's, that's, there's nothing like super amazing about our product. I mean, there is when you get down, down to all the really tiny little things and maybe that's part of what, you know, maybe I discount that it's just a, it's just a little thing. But for me, the value is in the experiences that people get to have with their kids, period. Mm-hmm. Right. And the experience was, were, overwhelmingly positive in that respect so you know we're going through we're monitoring that but then we're sitting there you know trying to figure out where we're going to sell the widget and how much you know trying to build a like a now okay it sold we did proof of concept it sold so now what mm-hmm. right so we're going round and round and you know i i go back to I was at KTM when there were six people. And when I left, there was probably 50 to 70 in Temecula at that point. 
So I got to watch KTM go from nothing to explosion here, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of knew from a marketing side, like there needed to be something from a brand perspective, right? You get pretty trained over with that group. Um, And we were just talking, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, right? And then I think it it was in February, March, um, I heard... (laughs) or I learned that John Eric had left KTM in December. So the same, he left KTM and, you know, we launched Stasic. Um, And to go one step further back, when I left KTM, went to work for medical devices. About a year later, I bought a house in a new development in Temecula. You know who moved in four houses down from me? Oh yeah. I I once you started putting all that together, I'm like, oh yeah, John Eric's down the street now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so you know, whatever, right? Like, and and we have a really good relationship now and you know, w- well aware of you know each other's um space. And um, you know, I was upset with him at the time. Yeah. Right. That's why I left. Yeah. Right. And then he shows up four houses down from me. So, you know, we had to figure out how to get along and um, to this day, right? Um, Kai and their family, like Kai was just here a week ago for uh, three or four days. So, I mean, we're, we're super tight, but I just sucked it up and, you know, kind of chuckled at the man above. I was like, you're pretty funny because I'm going to go down and talk to John Eric. <laughs> um, so I went and, you know, talked to John Eric about, you know, like a few things where I was at and, you know, kind of just asked him to like come help us sort out Stasic as a brand, right? And uh, he came in and he met with me and um, Phil and Eric. And I think we had already brought. Uh, no, Mike wasn't there yet. So it was just kind of us three. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, Detmers had come on just towards the end of this and came in. And um, John Eric's a pretty big personality, right? Mm-hmm. And my other two partners were pretty big personalities. And I'm this quote unquote, introverted engineer. Right. And, uh, at one point he just says, well, you're the brand. Right. And he points at me and he's just like, so why'd you do it? And I'm like, I just wanted to share my love of writing with my kid. I mean, it, like we're getting pretty emotional. Like it was pretty yeah. heathen thing. And he writes it on the board and he's like, can you talk to that? Can you talk about that? And I'm like, well, it's my story. Yeah, I can, I can talk about it. It's like people love talking about their kids. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I can do that all day long. That was the start of Stasic as a brand, in my opinion, right? Yeah. And it, but it took it took like three or four months to get there, and it was tough. Okay, regardless of um, you know how you felt about John Eric at the time, you obviously know the history he has, not just at like KTM, but in the family and everything that the Burleson family has done through all of motorcycling. To yeah. have someone like him who's just as passionate about it as you are understand where you were coming from was that a nice little industry i mean even though things have been no it was a, it was a game time, changer it, it right? had to be just like this huge thing of like oh, okay so like maybe if a couple people don't get it there's somebody else out there that does get it and they see where we're going for it. yeah and right i mean i i'm so grateful to have my uh, phil and eric as partners for the original because this this wouldn't have been here without them right mm-hmm. but john eric was probably the guy who gave me the confidence to be like, I'm not crazy. Right. Like I'm, I'm totally normal in our world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're probably more well-adjusted than a lot of us are. Yeah. 
Um, and so for him to just really put it back on me and the family and just the confidence that, you know, I might not be able to articulate all the time what I'm feeling or what I need to have in place. But at the end of the day, our family was the, was the start of the entire brand and to just keep doing that. So he helped us kind of put into words and into a formal document what our brand was, right? Which was family value, you know, like kind of all the pillars of, of Stasic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let your kids, you know, we want your kids to go out and fall down and get up right? Like, I'm not here to like, tell you that your kid's not going to fall down and get some scratches. Yeah. Right. And that's a hard thing to say, but yeah, I'm not going to apologize for what Stacy is. Right. To the point, you know, I had a conversation with some guys at the track. I'm like, I'm not apologizing for guys who are complaining that Stacy doesn't do X, Y, and Z because it's not made to be a motorcycle. Yeah. Go buy a motorcycle. Congratulations. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's true though. That's true. Like you have to know yeah. what you are because then once you start right. doing too much, then you lose sight of the ball and then it's over. It's done yeah. at that point. Yeah. It's over. You, you lost it. Yep. Yeah. So we're here to give families experiences. Like when they start to outgrow those. Go on to the next one. Go on to the next thing. It's been fun to talk one-on-one with people like Dave Prater, Andrew Baccarosa, Bruce Sternstrom, Ryan Ragland, and Carrie Hart about whatever I want. And that's thanks to everyone at Yoshimira R&D for supporting the Midweek Podcast. Check out Yoshimira's website and social media accounts for more great content. Okay, so uh, this is a very important like turning point to the company then because like clearly it's set up and you're starting to get things going on. At what point did you realize on the business side of things the way you wanted to go about it? You know, I'm sure that with the popularity of this thing right now, there's probably some big box retailer, some sporting goods store, whatever, that's like, oh, we'll take as many of them as you can send to us. But instead, you've stuck with the power sports industry, the thing you know so well, the people that have supported you. And like, from a guy that's in the power sports industry, like, thank you so much. Like, for real, thanks for adding, you know, item lines to catalogs and all these things. Because if you had just done it like, oh, yeah, no, we're just going to go sell out and be a Target and Dick Sporting Goods, I don't think we're having the conversation we're having right now. I don't think it goes the way that it goes. So what was the uh, purpose behind staying in power sports? I met my wife. I got four kids. Uh, my whole life's been centered around motorcycles, right? And so my back to the whole brand conversation, right? I wanted to share my love of riding with my kid. I never expected... I never expected this to be a thing and an opportunity for me to give back. Right. And honestly, there were times I just said it because that's what I needed to say. I didn't really believe that we could be impactful. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, to be impactful means that you're something, I guess. Right. Yeah. And there's a big, <laughs> and, there's a big thing of like, do I want to admit that? Do I want to go through that? Like, do I want the pressure? Yeah. There's a lot totally. But yeah, I, I mean, I didn't believe it in the sense that I just didn't think we would be big enough to like have that impact. Right. So to go and say it felt sometimes disingenuous, but I wanted to have an impact, but I just was like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I want to go do this. And you know, that's what we set out to do. And I mean, in that first, you know, that first big or the, not the first one, but the big meeting where we had the share the love of riding and all of a sudden everything kind of started falling into place. John Eric wrote 25,000 riders by 2019 on the 
by the end of 2019 on the board. And I mean, at that time, 20,000, 25,000 bikes seemed like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. that seems crazy, right? And we did that in the middle of 2019. <laughs> We're like, huh, okay. <laughs> but at the time, right? It just seems so monumental, right? And um, it then it starts to become, right? So I, I guess the point where it really starts to snowball is in, we go to AIM in 2017 with that mm -hmm. message, share the love of riding. Matt Levitich gives a speech to the industry about new riders, right? And we're literally in the, back corner of aim and i'm like i got an idea <laughs> okay <laughs> i got something you know and so that was kind of a, a a big moment for us we i think we signed up like 40 dealers at the at the show um robbie was riding wheelies around ohio the floor you know the expo center in ohio mm -hmm. on a 12 inch because we didn't bring his ramps and he had a meltdown and i'm like well can you do wheelies or something <laughs> And so he learned how to wheelie on a 12 inch bike. Right. And, um, yeah. I mean, so back to it, right. The kid is, the kid is the brand, you know, the kid is the brand. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like you forgot the ramps. I'm going to freak out. Oh, dude. It was like, we literally got there and I just remember, and I knew, right. And we showed, cause we'd been doing all these little, uh, you know, we'd be going to races with our ramps <laughs> and we get there and he's just like, what do you want me to do? He's like, <laughs> that's worth it. And I'm like, hey, bud, they're not here. We're probably not going to be able to. It's just like, like, imagine taking Evil Knievel to like Wembley Stadium and be like, yeah, dude, so you're just going to do some wheelies. He'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm here to jump buses. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And he's still like that to this day, right? Like, <laughs> you got to have all the stuff in place and everything needs order. He's, he's like his mom. You know? uh -huh. He's picking up after me as we go along. Yeah, you, go. you drop this. No, I just said it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So you guys are at AIM. Um, yeah. What was it like there? Because, you know, then, then you are seeing dealers. And I'm sure there's like some dealer that's like, I want this for my grandkid or I want this for my kid or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's people, right? So there's all those stories kind of back to the experiences. Um then it starts going off in 2018 and then we have some conversations with you know different people so i left in 2011 this is 2016 right mm -hmm. then you start to realize that people you were with in the industry are moving up mm -hmm. right um you know it's funny so i was good friends with john hines when i was at ktm well john eric left and john becomes president of ktm John's daughter and Robbie are born on the same day, right? So our wives went to uh, uh, CrossFit or no, it wasn't CrossFit. It was a, a gym together, right? So we've been intertwined, mm -hmm. but then you realize like all these other people at all these other manufacturers are moving up the ladders as well, right? And so now all of a sudden my my crew is in influential places. So we're, we're having conversations with, you know, different different companies, we're looking at trying to maybe get out of California from a, you know, financial standpoint in kids and schooling. And we come to Texas to go on vacation to check out the Texas heat. 
um, Stacy's continue to grow in my head. I was going to like, well, if we move to Texas, I could do the, we could run operations or distribution and the R and D out of Texas. Right. And then I could leave the marketing and stuff back with Mike and the group back, you know, we're just looking through some options of what we could do. And, uh, Harley Davidson calls when we're on vacation out here. Um, I think in November, they kind of give us like a formal, a formal offer. Right. And then stuff got super crazy. Um, we ended up moving out here the 27th of December of 2018. And I don't think I left, like we rented a house and I, I, I don't think I left. So there was like a bedroom and an office and a bathroom and I could pass through the kitchen between those three. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I left there for like two months <laughs> being on the phone and like, you know, just putting a, a deal together, um, which then it became like super, super crazy. And then like, you know, coming to the realization that you have this opportunity to swing for the fences. Right. Mm-hmm. So my older boy played a lot of baseball and we'd always run through the scenarios of like, you know, two mountain out bottom of the ninth. Right. There's a man on third and you're the winning run. Are you swinging for the fences or what are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause if you don't swing for the fence, you're never going to hit it over the fence. Right. And so I'm having this whole conversation with myself of like, okay, is this what we want to do? Right. Like, you know, my wife's parent, you know, my wife's family's got their own businesses. We had just run a business for a while being our business quote unquote. Um, so things were going to change, right. If we did this, but the potential opportunity to have a huge impact on the industry really started to, to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause now, you know, it was about how do we fund it? How do we, how do we take it to the next level? Right. We've proven that we can do X, Y, and Z. And this is, this is kind of where, you know, I start to look, a lot bigger than I feel I should or at the moment. Right. But things are happening so fast. I always, I would say if we're talking about it, then we're probably six months late of actually doing it Mm -hmm. um, just because things are going so fast. But when you talk about being in, being in mainstream places, my argument is at some point we have to be, or we won't have as big of an impact as we can, right? Because if I continue to sell to the power sports space exclusively, then I'm no different than any other manufacturer selling. Just a one thing, yeah. Selling just a one thing. So my, I view my job and my um, what I'm supposed to do is to figure out how to get like-minded people to walk into a power sports dealership, mm-hmm. literally. Like, so that means I might be in some different places, but our goal always is to figure out how to get that person to come back into a dealership, right? Because that's where it's to get them into motorcycling. And I truly believe, right, that we are creating motorcycle riders. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. To cut yeah. you off. If you take... If you take one of your friends who's never ridden before 
and he's an adult, right? Mm -hmm. And you take him to the track and he crashes. How likely is he to get back up and do it again? Yeah, it depends on the guy. Instantly. Yeah. But if, if that happens instantly, like there's right, your chances of him continuing on. If he goes to the track, if he starts riding motorcycles and has two years of like really a really good time, he's probably a motorcycle rider forever. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm providing kids motorcycling experiences, even though they're tiny and little, for years. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't buy another motorcycle till they can afford one when they have their own job, the difference between going in and purchasing something when you know you love it versus, eh, I don't know if I love it. I mean, in my head, there's a big difference in, in the math on how that works out for you, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, come back to, yeah, we've done 100,000 um, kids. I think we crested that in December, I think, over the course of Stacy, mm. right? And then my argument to that is like, well, do you think only one kid rode that thing? Yeah, right. Because three kids in the neighborhood rode it. Right. Yep. So, and so now I have, I have this wave. We have the industry has this wave of kids who know that they like this. powered two wheels. Mm -hmm. Here you go. So the point that I was going to say, sorry for interrupting. That was amazing. Like Ryan, by the way, that like what you said and how you weigh that out, you can tell that you've really seen this like you you know like you know what you're talking about this is not some like convoluted idea this is not some like happy you've seen it like you know for sure that there is some like rhyme and reason to it and i think what makes that so impressive is you're a guy you're just a guy you live in texas you've done the industry you were a racer you've done all these things like you said in the start like driving around minnesota or montana with your dad is the reason that you wanted to keep doing this if someone like Mr. Pierre at KTM was like, all right, look, Skunk Works is going to develop something in Austria to go do this and all these things, and this is this big master plan, that would be cool. That'd be cool too. But the fact that one guy was like, I want my kid to ride, and I want him to at some point in time go back to a dealership to buy this thing, and then hundreds of thousands of other people now are going to have that same deal. Like, that is so unbelievable. And like, I'm sure maybe you haven't felt that way, but it has got to be so much of like a whoa. To think that you are changing the industry in the way that you are. Yes and no. I mean. Like not something you want to think about all the time because you don't want your head well, to fit, you know. No, because, because we're still pretty scrappy little group. Right? Yeah. So back to our success, right? I was able to hire people that are like-minded at, you know, the new Stasic. Mm -hmm. um, industry people who, you know, kind of, they have, most of them have kids or grandkids. And they get it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I, I've, I feel like I've tried to hire competent people that have walked through the fire with their kids and have these experiences, because once you do that, it's, we're all kind of aligned on the same type of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the HD group gave us, you know, I wouldn't say it's always been easy, but that's, I don't think that's from a desire. I think that's just from the size of companies we are, right? Yeah. We run into lots of, lots of things there, but um, they've allowed us to, they've given us what we've asked for, right? And the results are, you know, I couldn't go 
turn on a mass market right now because I can't even make enough to, to, sell <laughs> to, it. Supply, yeah, yeah, yeah. to supply our guys right now. So, you know, I, I say those things is like, yeah, that's where eventually I, I think if we're successful to the point I want to be successful to bring people into this industry, we will have to go, but it, it will take time to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you write it on paper. It's still rapidly like the growth is still kind of crazy. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, you said that everyone knows or earlier, you said that everyone knows about Stasic and our crew is down in Austin at the GP uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you'd be amazed at how many people have no idea who we are. So really? definitely, definitely a different crowd. Right. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, we're still, we're still invisible. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really crazy to still think of the opportunity that we have mm-hmm. um, ahead of us to, to bring people into the sport. Okay. What, um, within the industry, what was the moment that you thought like, okay, that's cool. Like KTM is going to put graphics on them and they want co-branded ones and Husky wants some too. And then Harley's going to make some too. And there's never been anybody like, I'm sure there has, but there's never anybody like, oh no, hey, we're the only ones that are going to do this. Enough brands have like seen the vision of like, hey, we're going to, we're going to get our, our like early customers right now. Like we're going to make an orange bike and a white bike and this one and, and let them know like there is already a bike for you out there if you want to be a KTM or a Husky loyalist. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a hard one because we just have, I have relationships with all the guys at KTM. That's why that one comes so came a lot, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you know, there's hurdles with all of that. Cause you know, now you, you, you have to walk through it with everyone and not everyone has my vision of what this is supposed to be. I mean, my vision is we have races and there's one of every kid and you know, we're at Supercross and there's, there's a jet Lawrence one and there's a Marvin Muskin one and a Cooper Webb, And you're right. Like, there's one of everything. Cause that's just the space that I came from. Right. Yeah. Like I want, you know. I, yeah. I want my kid to be my favorite rider. Or if my yeah. kid finally has his own favorite rider, he wants to be that rider. Right. And I just want to provide that, um, that experience to that family. Right. It really always comes back down to experience now getting deals done with big corporations. And, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's got to make money and all those things. That's where, that's where stuff always seems to get sideways. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to make Stasics for every color would be ideal. Right. But I also have to make money and have a business and there are decisions that have to be made on, on either end of them. Right. But, you know, I always swing for the fences and sometimes I hit home runs and sometimes I miss. So, you know, we'll keep working at it. You know, that's just, in general, that's that's my vision of what would be cool. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we, we're having talks with a lot of different people and trying to get all the lawyers aligned and all that good stuff. It's always interesting. What has been the um, like the most frustrating thing about this whole process? Like, what's been the most frustrating, and then which, what's been the most which, rewarding? Which, which the part, whole thing. What, process like of any of it of any of it is there been a business side of it is there been a logistics side is there been a sales side where you're just like why is what's the disconnect here like is there ever anything i mean of course there is but what's been the one where you're just like oh and then when you figured out the solution for it um it's 
it, it's it's a hard one because right we're such a small company and again i go back to the size of the size of our company mm-hmm. and what we've been able to do and the size of you know the company that owns us currently um and then dealing with people coming in and out of positions right um we we don't nece- we don't fit necessarily um or what has been uh we don't fit into it. We don't function like a big corporation. Yeah. Right. And I have no market data. That's going to tell me, are we going to grow by 65% next year? Or are we going to grow by 63%? Right. And so when you start talking to finance people who that's, and that's what they're used to doing is like, well, you're off a half a percent. I just am like, yeah, but I don't care. Like you tell me how you need me to talk to you because I can't, I don't know. Like, do you not want to, do you want, do you want me to grow by 1%? Cause I can do that too. Yeah. That seems a lot easier. Is that what you want? Well, no, no, no. And I'm like, okay, well it'd be somewhere over here. That's all I can give you. Right. Yeah. And, and so we're getting, we're growing and those are a lot of the growing pains. Um, you know, the, the legal piece as you start reaching mass market is definitely not my, uh, most enjoyable, um, learning how to talk with lawyers. I love them and hate them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, those just, you know, those are, are not my forte, right? My forte is seeing something, building something pretty quick. I have a pretty good idea for a vision and I can see usually what, what is needed to solve solutions, right? If there's a need in the market, I'm pretty, I feel pretty decent about seeing gaps and holes there. Um, that's where I like to play. Now, I'm just not in that role that I get to do that exclusively. So I get to, I get to deal with all this stuff. And this is where, right, the question of like, well, you know, you sit back and look at it and it's pretty overwhelming. I was like, yeah, but I don't get those opportunities very often. Yeah. Right. Because I'm still dealing, I get to deal with all the not fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, and it's, then, then you're at the like, well, do I own my own business and be able to make every decision I want to make? And that comes with with a whole set of solutions or do I want to work for someone Mm -hmm. and not be able to make all the decisions I want? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Trust me. I get it. Uh, going from the trans world thing to this, this is like, I'm my own travel agent. I'm my IT guy. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And there's other days where I'm like, man, if we were just trans world, it'd be easy, but then I don't have the freedom that I have. So I see it from your side. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you got to find your own way. And, um, it's part of the fun of it though. You know, it, it is, it is part of the fun of it. And I think we were talking about, uh, just last night, me and the wife, right? Like it was, it was a thing the word fair came up. Right. Mm-hmm. And with the kids and we were just like, well, life's not fair. And I'm like, you know, I was just contemplating that phrase, right. Life's not fair. And I'm like, but it isn't. And if you're always upset that something's not the way you want it, you got a long life ahead of you. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to have to figure out nothing will ever be perfect. And the grass is always some shade of green, usually a shade. Yeah. Now, yeah. whether you like that shade or not is, you know, that's your um, call. Yeah. That's your call, but you can make it greener in your head. 
um, it's still alive. Um, so those are, those are just kind of the things, right? Like, in, and it's a thing, right? And yeah, I'm, you know, trying to fit into the corporate world. Um, but back to the, the view of Stasic with that, right? Like I've done every, every deal we've done has been with people that I've had relationships with. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm pretty transparent, probably more transparent than most people are comfortable with. Um, I'll tell you pretty much everything I know today. And if I have information tomorrow that changes that, I'll tell you something different tomorrow, but I'll just tell you what I know today. Right. And there's a lot of people who can't deal with that. And, you know, those are the things I have to, you know, I'm trying to get better at as a, as quote unquote, the leader of this company. Right. Because I do realize that some people can't have the information. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that, mm-hmm. and those are the hard things, but like people say they want to know, but I'm like, you don't, you don't, <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Cause you're you going to spin out. And yep. Yep. <laughs> that's not my goal. Right. Yep. This needs about another two months. <laughs> Just hold off. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess I don't have a problem giving you my opinion as long as you're ready for it. Right. Yeah. And I guess I'm not, uh, in the corporate world, I think that scares people. Oh yeah, it has to, it has to, cause they just need like, you know, just say yes, just say yes. Tell us what we need to hear. We'll talk about this in the next meeting. We'll schedule the next zoom. Like, yeah, you know, it's part yeah. of it. Okay. Yeah. The big news is kind of what comes on the horizon in these next few weeks, next few months, however you want to view it. Um, you guys have done everything to get to this point and now it is finally time where it looks like there will be something for almost every size kid, you know, and that's got to be pretty remarkable to think like what started off for my two-year-old is now to this and, and where things are going. So, you know, in the most easy way to explain it and however you're cool with it, uh, what does the future of the company hold immediately and then through the year? Yeah. Um, so I guess I want to say this has been a concept since 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had to like, figure out how to, you know, start a company <laughs> so got put on pause. again, yeah. again, and, you know, build it up and, and get to this point to kind of go back to, oh yeah, we were going to build some, Thanks, we're going to build these bikes because now it's like a real company and stuff. Um, so from the very beginning of time of Stasic, we get two questions. One is how long does the battery last? And if that's not first, the other question is, do you make a bigger one? So, right. Um, I started this, started working with Robbie on this first one when he was three and he's now 11. Thomas is nine. And, you know, it's been a super exciting year for me because I got to go back and really dedicate a lot of time with Robbie and Thomas developing the new bikes right but we're going to release a 18 inch and a 20 inch platform bike um that are growing with the kids right so similar concepts trying to be as unintimidating as we possibly can on one on one hand to taking them to a level that's for sure quite a bit more than what the current stasic platform delivers and is substantially more age appropriate still not a motorcycle mm-hmm. um you know and you know part of this is a little scary for me because 
now I have potentially 12 year olds zipping around the neighborhood parks who are a little more aggressive and daring. They're not quite as cute as the, <laughs> as the six year olds. <laughs> so I don't know if we get to play the cute card anymore. Yeah. Um, now you just but, have all these little hellraisers in your town. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have, you know, we've been blessed out here in Texas. We have a, we've been building a pump track. Well, it's not even a pump track anymore. It's just a Stasic facility. Um, we got ramps, jumps everywhere and berms. And so we've been, you know, basically putting a ton of time into throttle response and suspension and durability. And, you know, um, we built, I built two more, two more bikes for Robbie. And my, you know, my, my joke was always, is like, well, if I built, if everyone liked what I built for him the first time, the same people probably like the same stuff I built from the second time. So, you know, it, for me, it's a little scary only because, you know, I don't get to, I don't get to dabble them out and see how the, I don't get to test the market. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, I got 2,500 dealers and I got to like <laughs> give them more than one. <laughs> so now all of a sudden the, uh, the quantity is, is pretty, pretty high, you know, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to launch more 18s and 20s than we did for two years of really of Stasic, you know, that's just our launch quantity, Yeah. you know, but that's what happens when you have this like straight up growth. Yeah. Straight up growth happening. Um, so that, you know, and that's what I said, those are, those are the funny things that are like, well, what happened? Can't I just like make like 500? That seems like a lot. <laughs> No. <clears throat> was it, uh, was it cool to get to go through it with him again? Like the whole process again, because I mean, yeah, I'm sure I mean, that he aged out of a Stasic a long, long time ago. So to be like, Hey bud, we're, we're going back to it. That had to yeah, be cool. no, he's super stoked. And you know, that's where I, you know, wanted to get to when you asked like, what did he think of, what does he think when he got the first Stasic? Well, this, he got to go through all the stuff. Right. But his kind of aha moment was when, uh, him and Thomas, when I brought home like the painted samples that we had from Taiwan, mm -hmm. right? And they look production. Um, we did a dealer show, uh, uh, we had a sales meeting uh, at Arlington Supercross this year. So we had a bunch of the, the samples that we were going to release. And the boys came in and they hadn't seen, you know, even some of the Harley ones. And they were just like, oh, that's cool. Right. Like just, you could just see them like, I want that one and like picking theirs out. And, uh, it was super cool, you know, cause they always get the crap like every other test guy at a OEM gets right. You, you test all the stuff forever and pretty soon you don't want to look at it. And then a new one comes out and you're like, yeah, that's, that looks pretty good. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go do a couple laps. I got a couple more. Yeah. 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 I can do that. Yeah. Um, so it's been pretty cool. Um, to see, to be able to see their reaction. Right. And so the companies, you know, this, these models are definitely more elevated. They're more refined. They're more engineered. You know, that's just, it's a significant step from where the, the, the gen one Stasics are with the 12 and 16. Um, I took videos of it and shared it with a few of our partners. Right. That, that was probably the single biggest point where I was like, oh, 
so much for testing the waters, right? I literally took a video of Robbie um, jamming around the track. I think it was last year, early last year. And it was like 15 seconds, you know? And then it's like, we'll take this many and we'll take that many. I'm like, oh, well, maybe we should talk about this. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, I'm super excited for it. Um, I mean, we got a hundred thousand kids who are just going to get older. So yeah, Dude, this is that that's so sick. Like that, that's just so cool to hear, you know, um, the last two years, I mean, we know last two years have been so, so hard on everybody, but I think the one thing, especially in our industry that we've noticed is like, well, people are out riding again. People are outside again. Hell, I just spent 30 miles yesterday in the saddle of my road bike because it's fun to be outside again. And I realize yeah. that, um, you guys have seen that growth. I know you guys have sold a ton of them. But really, I mean, that has got to be cool to now see this, like you said, a second time. Now you get to see your kid as he's on the cusp of becoming a teenager and knowing all the ways that, like, they can get led astray and all the other shit that comes with it. To see, like, now, oh, no, dude, he's going to have another positive outlet. And to the same things that you said about you and your dad driving around Montana, like, that is so cool that there's that there's that now, like, and perfectly timed, too. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're super blessed. I think, um, you know, Robbie's trying to make a, make a run at Loretta's. So, you know, we're, we're doing that crossover, which is back to where I started, right. Was, well, how do I give him seat time and get him, get in the skills. Right. Cause my failure on the, uh, I look back and go, I just wasn't skilled enough to quote unquote be called talented. Right. Because for me, talent just becomes right a uh, the perseverance to get good enough to have a lot of skill to where you look like you're talented. Right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I don't know, there's doesn't seem like there's a huge difference to me. I mean, there's guys who get there faster, but at the end of the day, you have to have a lot of skill to be effective in this sport, right? Mm -hmm. But I also think that that skill level provides a a level of safety for you as well, right? And that's really the only thing as a parent that I can offer my kid is a way for him to have skills so that he's not riding over his head. Right. The 18 and 20 for Robbie and Thomas has been a pretty crazy step to watch them then ride their motorcycles because of, you know, the bikes now fit them again and they're able to like do things. You know, I watch them do things on their Stasics that are 100% technically correct from a motorcycling standpoint but they're able to do it at a lower speed, less weight, right? Like all those, all the same features, just the level is a lot higher than where we were at. Mm -hmm. um, and so to watch them go through that, yes, we're going to races, right? We have these experiences, but Robbie and Thomas also get to go do these events with us, right? So I get to have that conversation piece with my kids that I did with my dad. And that's not always racing the motorcycle. It's really around Stasic a lot of the time. Um, and so that's been super, probably one of the most gratifying things is just being able to spend time with the kids. And, you know, we, the fact that they're like legitimate test riders mm -hmm. and give legitimate feedback and understand, right. Like we broke a chain the other day and they knew how to, they went and cut a chain wheels off, put it back on. Right. And there's a nine-year-old and 11-year-old. And I'm like, Hey dad, just check this real quick. And 
I'm like, oh, you got it. So <laughs> that's good. Um, there's just all those pieces of motorcycling and two wheels that are in it. They're, they're in, they're in everything we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the education, the teaching the experiences, the, the opportunities to have that time. Right. Yeah. It's really what it comes down to. And then the moments to be by yourself and test yourself and know yourself and yeah, all the stuff that comes with it is huge. Yeah. Ryan, you know, um, not to like say too much or get like emotional or anything like that, but dude, congrats. Like to, to you know, I, this is the first time I've really got the chance to talk to you to hear a guy be at that point of like, the hell am I going to do with my life? Like I want my wife to stay at home and be with the kids and, and do all these things. The fact that you guys not only got to self fund, you know, in this way through the company, uh, this relationship with your wife and your kids and your wife and everything, but now you guys get, just get to grow and grow and grow. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's the dream. So dude, congrats on everything you guys are doing as cool as the company is and as cool as it is to see all these kids that are out there for the core family of you guys. Congratulations. I think that that is just such a remarkable deal. And like that shows the perseverance of like, if you know, you're going to do something like you said, swing for the fences and get there. That was cool. That is yeah. very, very Thank cool you. to hear. Like that, that honestly is my big takeaway from this. The power sports thing is great, but like, just keep plugging, just keep doing what you're going to do. Have a vision, have faith, make it happen. That, that is unbelievable to see. And so it's so exciting to see where you guys are at right now as the next big chapter starts, you know, this weekend. Like, pfft, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, I told, so I usually don't tell the boys, like they don't, they don't get to see their Instagram. So I post a lot of stuff on Robbie's just to, cause that used, that used to be the funnest part about the whole thing. Right. was, I got to share my, I got to share my experiences mm -hmm. and I've had to like sit on my hands and throw my phone away because he's got to do like both of them, Robbie and Thomas have got to do so many firsts. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll take you back. I used to think Robbie and Thomas were the most talented kids in the world until about 25,000 other kids did the exact same things. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. you know, like, and, 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 that, yeah. and that was the beauty of Stacy, right? Yeah. It was, it was repeatable, but I got to walk, I know I'm walking through that whole thing with them again, because the bike is at another level mm -hmm. and I'm watching them have all their firsts and I want to share all their firsts. And I'm like, I can't, do anything because i'm sitting on a 20 and yeah you know i haven't been able to do that so i'm super excited for that to come out because then i get to start sharing all of my family experience with it um and it's just you know it's i'm no different than anyone else buying the bike right like i'm i, I want i want our consumers to have the experiences that i've had that our families had because it's that's the best thing about it, right? Mm -hmm. Is what is the value that Stasic brought to families? Yeah. And, you know, if it can be remotely close to what it's given to us, then I think people will be excited. Ryan, that's perfect. Well, hey, I'm excited. I can't wait for this weekend. I can't wait to see this thing. I can't wait to see this come out. I can't wait to see the boy. I can't wait to see these clips of the boys, like the two most talented guys, because they're by far the best on the 16 <laughs> and the 20 inch right now. So they Today. got that going for them. Right now they are. They got it. <laughs> cool hey ryan thank you dude this was great yeah. i am uh, i'm so excited to see this weekend thanks for sitting down and joining me and spending an hour and a half on the phone today yeah. um yeah stay sick stay right stay not, sick bad for an introvert, huh? not bad dude not bad for you know just two goofballs in the midwest talking about what we got going on right now so yeah, yeah thank you for everything bud uh 
what is the website? Stasic.com, ride Stasic. Stasic.com, um, hashtag ride Stasic uh, on all the media platforms, I guess. Um, yeah, it, crazy ride. Okay, so what's, uh, if the launch is this weekend, how long do you think until people get these? And then when should we see that Christmas? Like, are you going to be as nervous as you were that Christmas this time, waiting to see if these things are on fire or if they're breaking? No, no, we should. Uh, Joking, obviously, uh, you know, but yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it's, I think we're, we have some in the warehouse right now. We're trying to make sure we have enough to do a proper release to everyone. Um, we're waiting. Logistics has been total insane show for the last 18 months. So, um, looks like it's working out better. So there's stuff on the water stuff coming in. Um, all indications are may, um, that they'll be shipping. So yeah, I, I would say confidently in may we're, we're releasing bikes to dealers and putting them on the website. Um, Christmas should be, yeah, at this point, yeah, should be a thousand times easier. I mean, we've, the boys have been riding for the most part production stuff for, I don't know, nine months now. So, it, you know, I'm not super worried about any of the new product launch stuff. It's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty epic. Cool. All right, Ryan. Well, thank you, bud. Uh, thanks for joining me on this one. We'll talk to you again soon. All right.